all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hi, I'm Richard Gershon, the host of In Legal Terms and a professor at the University of Mississippi School of Law. If you miss a live In Legal Terms episode, find our podcast, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Good morning, and thanks for being with us. This is Relatively Speaking, and I am Dr. Susan Buttress. Today we're talking about worry, stress, and anxiety. You know, they're all on the rise for all of us. Over three-fourths of us worry regularly, according to some surveys. Now, some worry is normal. Some stress can be helpful. But when it morphs into emotions that affect our, our minds chronically and, and then our bodies chronically, it becomes anxiety that's taking over. It's not hel- he- helpful, and it's certainly not healthy. So today, uh, I want to talk about how you can tell the difference between worry, stress, and anxiety and and then what do you do when you've just had had it with all the worry and stress? What do you do um, to just say enough is enough? So that's what we're going to talk about. And uh, today I have our producer, Jay White, with me, who always helps me through this discussion. Hi. Good morning, Jay. Morning. How's it going? Good. Good, good. Um, you know, we we haven't talked just about this topic in a long time, though I feel like we talk about anxiety and stress all the time because it's just out on the forefront, right? It is. It is. When you said worry, stress, and anxiety, I was like, wow. Mm. And I think I don't, I always want to put a G in anxiety. I don't know why I learned that as a kid somehow or another, and I've never unlearned it. I don't know why I do that. (laughs) Maybe because it feels angry to be Mm. anxious sometimes i don't know oh the mind of kids maybe i just morphed that g right over from anger you you might have because um many times when people are anxious they exhibit it with with uh, a, a negative mood and sometimes anger does bubble up because you don't know what to do and it's overwhelming you and you have that fight or flight phenomena that we've talked about before um, so, what I thought we'd do today is kind of tease apart um, the difference in worry, stress, and anxiety. 
we've like I've said we've talked this talked about this on previous shows and 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 there truly is a difference so let me kind of give it in a nutshell um it's kind of a big nutshell but anyway worry is one of those things that kind of happens in your mind um you you are thinking about a very particular issue like I'll worry about whether or not this show will come across well. <laughs> or or uh, worry about one of my children and their safety or something very specific. Worry about whether or not, you know, we all worry about finances at times or or, you know, worry about how you're going to come across um, in front of a group of people. So that's that's worry. Okay, so that is sort of in that prefrontal, the front part of your brain, the executive function. You're kind of thinking through things and and hopefully not with too much emotion. And we'll talk about why that is. Okay, Um, now, when worries move into stress, what starts happening is that there's some external measure coming in, and it happens to your body. Um, stress is um, what happens when when your your body increases its heart rate and blood rate, um, blood pressure, and and other things like that. So, obviously. Small doses of worry are fine. Worry makes you a little more alert. It it makes you take a problem and then start to come up with a way to problem solve. Okay? Um, stress maybe um, energizes your body a little bit, increases your heart rate, causes you to be a little more alert. And so that moves you maybe into better able to act. Now, what happens with anxiety is that anxiety um, is one of those things where it's your mind and your body, and it sort of ratchets things up so that, that now you're in a chronic state and perhaps you're not even worrying over one particular issue but you overall are feeling hyper alert anxious your blood pressure's up your heart rate's up and so that is when it's really bad for you so you know recent research is showing that most of us are too worried, too stressed, and too anxious that that we are not not able to to handle things as we should. And so, as we move through the show, I want to talk to you about some ways uh, to to handle the worry, perhaps handle the stress, and certainly when it morphs into anxiety, what you need to do to help yourself. I would love to hear from you listeners about what what do you worry about? Um, can you make yourself stop? Do you think that our world today is something to worry about? You know, when I was 
working on the show, um, my husband said, well, maybe you need to suggest that everybody stop listening to the news because there's so much to worry about. <laughs> huh, Jay? Uh, well, I mean, I, I kind of do that for large, large portions of the time. Do what? Not listen to the news. Yeah. But, I mean, you got to sometime. Yeah. You got to know what's happening. Yeah. You know. Like the show before us, the law changes and things like that. Yeah, it's nice you need to know to, to be able to keep informed. up with the laws. But yeah. yeah, there's a lot of negativity to the news, and sometimes, uh, sometimes I can go long stretches of time without watching the news, and I'm okay with it. Mm. I, I think you can go, you can be better for it sometimes. Yeah, and I wonder if sometimes people haven't moved more toward taking snippets of news like um, reading news online. Well, or, I was going to say, or, yeah. or go and find the news in the way that you can approach it that won't make you upset or won't make you worry. Yeah. The only thing is you gotta you got to watch about just looking at the news that tells you the opinion that you have. Watch out for being in an echo chamber. Oh, my goodness, because that will in actually increase your worry. I do believe. No that, doubt. That's a great yeah, point. Yeah. I, I do believe that what happens is when whatever side you're on continues to reinforce that the other side is 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 bad and evil and things are going off the deep end because of this other side, um, it it does I think, increase that worry and move it into anxiety where all of a sudden you don't even know what you're stressed about, but you are exceedingly stressed because it seems like the world is a bad place. And I will say that I think MPB does a really good job of, um, this is not a commercial, but it's the truth. (laughs) I think NPR and MPB do a good job of giving you news and of telling you the important facts. Something that I've noticed on on some of our our network, other networks, is that many times you'll you'll turn and the first four or five stories are about violence yeah. about the most recent murder and if we don't have one here i've said this before if we don't have one locally or even regionally which we always do by the way um we we hear about something horrible in wisconsin or yeah. you know something like that and so uh, perhaps pick and choose well, I know this, the, the, the NPR news that runs on the hour here at MPB, it's, uh, it's five minutes long, starts at one after, and there's three minutes of what you would call hard news, mm-hmm. the top stories, and then at four after, you'll hear them say, this is NPR news, and that's a local handoff if the local news is going on that hour, which we do at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m., noon, 4 and 5 mm-hmm. p.m. Uh, but if we don't have local news that hour, the last two minutes of the news are always – it's lighter. And it's yeah. – it's, NPR specifically does that on purpose. They they break that news into half. And so the the last part of it is specifically lighter or not so hard news. Yeah. It may, be, may still be important, but it's not necessarily – it doesn't go so hard. Yeah. Informing news, yep. something that helps you sometimes know um, – no, I 
know the laws, know what's progressing, know what's happening now, but but not news that is bringing you down. So as we move through, we really are going to talk about why it's important to to be selective in what you expose yourself to in that you don't want to expose yourself to something that is going to ratchet up your stress and and morph it into anxiety. So so listeners, what do you what do you worry about? Talk to us about that. Um, and and how are you dealing with that? Or or do you need some help in ways to deal with it? That's what I'm here for. Today we're talking about why some worry is good and some stress is good, but why when it morphs into anxiety, it's not. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how worry works to help you, actually. And um, But I do want to hear from you. What do you worry about? What is bothering you the most? And, and how do you move from, from worry into a calmer sense of life. How do you do that? How do you make yourself do what you need to do and and move on? Or do you have do you have some other techniques or or ways? Um, I was in church this Sunday and and actually our our priest talked about worry and gave some solutions and um and I, I told him uh, specifically that I, I was going to take this one on because I thought it was something that's so important for all of us to consciously approach and, and clearly understand um, what's going on in our minds and how we can help ourselves from becoming buried in worry, stress, and then anxiety. So worry actually has a really important function for us Um, because if you think about uh, an uncertain situation or an unpleasant situation like paying the rent, like um, taking care of an elder parent, like any anyone, like just tending your garden, if you're thinking about something that perhaps is worrying you. Our brains get stimulated. We become more aware. And what what's supposed to happen, if we have the right amount of worry, it pushes us forward to problem solve, to come up with a way to fix it, uh, to come up with a way to take care of it, to take action so that positive things can happen. And then we've taken care of it, that worry goes away, right? So worry is kind of a, a way for your brain to keep things in order, to move forward, and to problem solve. So that all sounds great and wonderful, right? But it doesn't always work for us that way. Sometimes it seems like we get stuck in the worry and forget to move forward. And so that's something we need to avoid. We'll talk more about how you stop that. Um, But then... Like I said earlier, stress is that physiological response that's connected to 
that worry, that external event. So it's it's something that um, allows us not allows us it takes our body into a different mode and and that's when that that external worry becomes stress and so you know stress was good back in the predator days obviously you that ratcheted up your fight or flight phenomena your cortisol level jumped in and and made you run as fast as you could and uh, made your heart rate beat faster so you'd get the blood circulating. So it's good for a little bit. For long periods of time, it's not. Okay, I'm going to stop there because Brother Daniel's called in from Pascagoula. And Brother Daniel, you have a comment? Oh, how y'all doing? I'm so proud of Mississippi right now. I'm so proud. I've I, I seen a lot of people from different backgrounds, nationalities, helping each other through these storms. Mm. And, and I love to see, I see the, 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 the magnolia growing. And I, and I find when I have worry, and I, and I see a lot of people already being impatient, I always let them know when you're impatient, you can't think. And when you can't think, you get confused. And when you worry and you can't pray on it, a lot of times you also feel that uh, it'll never come to pass. But always remember, things do come to pass, whether it be good or bad, but only just remember that it's only for a temporary uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I worry, my mom calls me and says that, uh, and I'm worried that you might get sick, sick this week. I say, well, mama, why don't you just pray on it instead of worrying about it, and we can get through it. And then she started laughing. We, we, we just got to have a compassion now. Everything we see on TV is always about killing and uh, uh, everybody's getting into arguments and bigotry and political situations. But look, we are human beings. We're supposed to be in charge of the world. And for, for us to be in charge of the world, we got to be wise. We got to be patient and we got to work together. That, that's all what it's about. Being multicultural, understanding everybody's culture, eating good food like we do down here in Mississippi, helps to broaden that horizon and also help us to relax. And I find when I feel worried, I take time out, take a breath, and I think about why am I worrying, and and I pray on it, and I and then I let it come to pass. If I can't help the situation, then I hope that who is above me can help the situation. Mm. And that's how I get rid of my worrying and stress. That's why a lot of people say, you don't look 62. You look like you're 35. Well, there it is. It's (laughs) it's praying and water and Mississippi food. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Brother Daniel, you had some great, you you moved into some of the ways to to handle that chronic worry and not allowing it to morph into stress and anxiety um, that I was going to talk about. So maybe this would be a good a good time to do that. You mentioned praying. Um, no matter who you pray to, um, it truly has been shown to be one of those issues that can be very beneficial. Meditation is another, to move yourself out 
out of that that chronic thinking about the what ifs, but move yourself back to the center and and stop thinking about the what ifs. The other thing is if you find yourself worrying about minor things um, that that really there's a solution to or there's nothing you can do about it. Either there's a clear solution that you should move forward and take care of or some of our other worry is something that we can't do anything about, right, Brother Daniel? Like, um, yes. you know, can can we can can our worry about the number? I'm going to just say it: the number of um, murders that have happened in our state in the last year. Does worrying do any good for that at all? Not a bit. Um, what we can do to take action is is demand that we have a robust police office, um, r- demand that we have um, safety measures put in place, make sure we do. We don't do silly things like leaving our keys in the car, like um, not remembering where our cars park, so we're wandering around um, alone in a parking lot. There, there are things we can do that makes us take firm charge of of what's going on around us. There are things that we cannot do. And so very important to make sure that we separate out the two. We use that mindfulness thinking about what we can do and what we cannot do, and then move forward. And that sounds real easy, um, but it really does take practice. And I've talked about taking taking charge of your brain, taking charge of your mind, reminding yourself that you have control. And, and that's I think that's one of those things that's really important. So the other thing, Brother Daniel, that you mentioned that I want to talk some more about, and the summer's a good time to talk about it because it's when people typically should be um, thinking about um, taking some time off. Um, I, I think in our society uh, that we often don't do a very good job of, it, uh, of that. So um, taking time off, clearing your mind, really taking a break and you don't have to have a lot of money one time i was talking about taking time off and and i may have mentioned a trip to the beach or something like that or the mountains and and a caller called in and said well you know some of us don't have that ability and and i want to remind everybody that that taking time off doesn't require having a lot of money what it requires is stepping back, clearing your mind, allowing yourself to enjoy um, what's around you, um, enjoy nature, take a walk in the woods, um, take, a, take a walk in a park, go to a museum and really get yourself into it. Um, we have some some lovely places to go. Our Children's Museum, our Natural Science Museum, the two museums downtown. We've got the art museums. And you can really spend hours and hours 
roaming through and clearing your mind if you if you don't like the out of doors. So there are things you can do, and all of that helps you center back, clear your mind, have a break. Um, but but a real break. I'm not talking about just taking a Sunday afternoon, which is good, better than none. But a real break um, is important. Um, so I'd like to throw out to our listeners this question. So when 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 you're worried and when you're stressed. If you take a break, how long do you think that break needs to be to allow you to really be able to settle down, clear your mind, clear your head, and and get your body, your heart rate, and your blood pressure back to baseline? How long do you think it takes? Is it a day? Is it two days? Is it seven days? And and do you think it's feasible? Brother Daniel, do you have any last words for us? Yes, yes. Okay. And, and listen, this is very this is very important, ladies and gentlemen. I need you to pass along this program to people that don't even listen to PBS like they need to. I also need you to pass along to work with your children. Be out there for your children. Don't count on somebody to already be the one to take care of your children. Be out there, show them what love is about. Because this is the problem. Our children are being run by society, but then when they see the the adults act crazy or get upset or or threaten each other, they look and say, what is the world coming to? We need to change up our way of showing our children how to love and how to respect others. This is what we need to do. That's what we need to go back to. And leave everything else behind. Uh, that love y'all. Thank you. That's a good message, Doctor Susan Buttress here with Jay White, and today we are talking about worry. Worry that morphs into stress, that morphs into chronic anxiety. How not to let that happen? We all worry. It's normal. It's part of human nature. But what you do with worry is is going to change the outcome of whether worry ends up being something good or something bad. So remember that worry is helpful only if it leads to change, not if it turns into obsessive thoughts. And so that's what we have to make sure that that we we work through while we're worrying what we're doing with it, and and then, as Brother Daniel mentioned earlier, how we're modeling that to others. You know, as, as parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, whoever we are, grandparents, um, modeling for those around us. Because if, if all you do is talk about your worry, and I'm so worried, and I'm so worried— and and there's not movement to a solution, then it is of no use and ultimately destructive. Okay, so um, listeners, join in. I wanted to hear from you about what kind of break you take 
to regenerate yourself, and I really do want to hear from you about that. But join in um, on what what do you worry about, and how do you deal with it? What is your modus operandi of taking yourself through this? As we move through this, let's talk a little bit about what what really does make us um, worry. So one of the keys to learning how to stop worrying, as I've already talked a little bit about, is figuring out what we're really worrying about, right? Um, so the the best thing that you can do is to to make yourself sort of tease apart why you're worrying about this. Is it because you haven't budgeted? If If you're worried about covering all your expenses? Is it because you've been spending unreasonably on something you should not have? Or is it because you bought something that you thought you should not have? Or is it because your income is diminished and but your your expenses have not? So to, to make yourself think through that and, and to determine, okay, if we're talking about something financial, that's one of those things that I can maybe tease apart. If your income's dropped and your expenses have not, and you're worried about not being able to cover your expenses, what would be step one? So make yourself step through this. Okay, step one would be, what can I cut in my expenses? Is there something that I can do differently? Maybe I can stop going out for fast food four times a week. Maybe I can, you know, save that. You know, I think people think fast food is cheap, and so it's really not that expensive, and I've got to eat anyway. I can tell you, as one who who cooks simply almost every night, that you can cook simply a pretty darn good meal for very little, much less than a fast food meal. So that's one thing to think about. Make yourself start thinking about those simple ways that you can make things a little better. And I'm not talking about just money, but perhaps it's I don't have enough time to do something. Well, why why am I already always worried about not having enough time? Is it because you've said yes to too many things? Um, most likely, I know that's one of my issues. And so, so take a look, sit down, write down what you do during your day and what it's filled with and where the stress points are and perhaps what your solutions are in that. I can guarantee you, you can find an hour or two that you could free up if you would just allow yourself to. Maybe some of it is that you're filling it with too much television watching and not not enough creative time. I don't know. All right. 
We're going to go back to the phones. We have CJ, who is going to make a comment about stress and anxiety. Hey, CJ, thanks for calling. How are you doing? I am doing well. Okay, great. Uh, You know, I spoke to you before about my crazy family. (laughs) (laughs) We all have a bit of a crazy family anyway, CJ, but go ahead. Mine's in first place. Uh, (laughs) You know, I have found that laughter is, is great. Sometimes I just step back from this situation and I look at it and I go, really? And I just kind of laugh. When I get to a point of anxiety where I I just feel overwhelmed, I try to sit down and put things in order. What's the most important thing? What should I do next? Uh, Friday morning, I got up. My air conditioner was out. That was stressful. Mm -hmm. Then my system went out and my cell phone would not work oh my goodness I, I know I sat down and I said wow well then I realized quickly the air conditioner was the most important thing so I got that going and then I just put them all in order and believe it or not the cell phone came last so you know to me it's just that simple and another thing I find tremendous comfort in are my animals you know, I can mm-hmm. feel completely overwhelmed, and I have this gigantic 140-pound dog, and he's always happy. Tail's always wagging. He's always got a hug for you, and I, I just I find a lot of comfort in that. I have eight dogs and eight horses. Sometimes I just go ride a horse. Just focus on something else. Wonderful suggestions. You know, um, our Creature Comfort Show, I believe it was yesterday, right, Jay, Um, had a show about um, support, animals support, particularly dogs. But um, they have been shown over and over in research. And that's that's why they're in hospitals now and and used as as support animals for children with cerebral palsy, autism, for adults with post-traumatic stress disorder. I can go on and on. You can look anywhere in the literature and find it. That 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 can you can and they can sense when you need comfort, um, and 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 they don't you know they don't have to be highly trained support animals. Um, they can they can many times uh, uh, a dog that is attached to you can can know when you need support, right? Wouldn't you agree, CJ? I bet horses do it too. Oh, yes, ma'am. They, uh, well, a, a lot of the way they interact with you is by your body language and how you approach them and your tone, your tone of voice. Mm-hmm. And if you want a horse to come to you, go out there with a the bad attitude. <laughs> it's not coming. I guarantee you. You know, go out there and scream and yell. Mm. You'll find it in the pasture. So you do have to kind of check yourself, yeah. you know. You have to keep your emotions in control. And uh, I, I know a lot of people who project very hostile emotions when they experience stress. And 
I find that to be very uncomfortable. I can only imagine what an animal thinks. Yeah. It's, uh, because it's out of control. Usually voices raised, really stern posturing, arms swinging. <laughs> it, it's just it's very unpleasant. But, you know, we've talked, you, you brought up horseback riding, or, or you could even walk your dog, but horseback riding, I, I haven't done a lot of it in my life, but some, and I always love it and feel exhilarated for two reasons. One, it's, it's truly exercise, and for two, um, you know, you're, you're there with that animal who is, is supporting you, and, and then you're enjoying nature at the same time. And so you're just accomplishing so much. And, and for me, not being an expert at it, uh, concentrate on, on that and, and the writing and what I'm doing. And, man, I don't think about anything else. And, and I think that's where we need to get to, to calm ourselves with when we feel stressed, when the worry won't let go. And so, yeah, you've you've brought up two really excellent things. I bet there there are other listeners out there who who definitely use that. I'd love to hear hear from others about that. And then, you know, I I think that there are I know across Mississippi many opportunities to engage in something like horseback riding or some other outdoor or indoor activity that can can be a stress relief for us you know i mentioned taking off several days in a row and and i haven't heard from anybody about that yet but i will say that that most of us find that at least a long weekend is needed about four days um three to four days to really be able to reap the benefit one day is typically not enough but short spurts when you have something to look forward to like an outing like horseback riding like swimming like running when you have that to look forward to on a regular basis it can have very similar healing abilities and de-stressing abilities but you have to do it regularly you can't wait until you're about to blow a gasket and that's what many of us do wrong we do incorrectly and some of us take pride and this is not something to take pride in some of us take pride in the fact that we never take any time off and that's not good would you agree with that cj Oh, absolutely. And another big issue, and I found these things take over, I felt them take over my life several times, television, um, you know, cell phones, computers, turn everything off. Just walk outside, listen to the birds. You'll get a lot more out of that. It's very calming. It, and, uh, it really is. But we are so stimulated. You know, every store you go into, there's some kind of noise maker. There's some kind of TV on the wall. There, our homes have turned into the same thing. And it's just, I think that's another thing. If we could all find just five minutes a day to turn it off, take a break. Oh, CJ, I like that. Let's, let's put out a challenge today. 
I'm going to challenge everybody to take and time it, if you will, um, five minutes. Start today taking five minutes to silence your cell phone, turn off the TV, turn off the radio. I'm going to say it. Turn off everything. No, no media. And either just sit in silence inside if it's too hard, too hot to go outside or go outside in the shade and just stop and listen to the sounds and and listen look at the sights that are out there take in everything and see how good it feels it really really does i do that in the early morning most mornings um when i get up i take my coffee outside and i just walk around and look and listen and it's so fun just watching the bees light on the flowers or looking up in the sky. Um, those are some things that we can do that cost absolutely zero. They don't require buying, buying medicine or going to therapy, but they can be incredibly therapeutic for you. You know, sometimes I just think we get so lost in our existence in the world, we do not step back and say, you know, I live in a beautiful place. I live in a place where I don't look up and see smog. I live in a place where, you know, my life is not overwhelmed with hustle and bustle. And take it in. People make fun of Southerners because they say we do everything slower. But, you know, I think we're better off. Well, you know, I, CJ, I 100% agree with you. People do often um, uh, comment. I travel a lot, and people have all often commented about how slowly I talk. But you know what else they say, CJ? And um, they say that my voice is calming. And, and I think it's because I, I don't feel the need to talk very fast. Uh, I feel like it's okay to take my time and and go a little bit more slowly and and allow people to take time and either listen to me or not listen but but I there is some major merit into just giving yourself some time to take it in Jay, I know you're getting ready to say something. Go uh, ahead. Well, I was just going to say it's one of the things that, that I've learned with some age is the value of time. Mm-hmm. And it helps me deal with anxiety and stress. There I go with that G again. Uh, anxiety and stress by understanding that one of the, one of the, the best things that I've learned is that there is going to be time for everything. There's nothing but time. Yeah, and that ninety nine percent of the time, all the stuff that I'm worried about, it's going to fall into line. It's and there's going to be time for it all. Yeah, and that's not always the case. That's not a hundred percent true. Sometimes there are some deadlines that you got to hustle and and meet and stuff like that. But in non work related things, yeah, you know, 
Yeah. That's in line. There's time for all of that stuff to fall into line. And we don't have to obsess about fixing all of it right this second. Pick one thing and go at it. Yeah. And then not don't worry about it because worry is not going to improve. And this is the other thing. Worry does not improve the function of anything. It just slows you down. If you're not worrying about the thing you're doing right this second, like if you have a big group of worry, cut all the rest of that loose and concentrate on the one thing in front of you right now. Because worrying about all those other things doesn't fix them. It doesn't bring them along. It doesn't fix them or make it better. It just clouds your judgment on what you're looking at right now. And there's no sense in that. It, it can cloud you. You know, productive worry is the worry that moves you forward and, and pushes you to come up with a solution. The unproductive worry is that, like I said, that chronic. See, I, even, I wouldn't even label that unproductive worry. I would call that motivation. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's motivational worry versus the kind yeah. that destroys it. Yeah. I'm, I'll go with if you. If you're on using that. it positively, I'll just take that negative word and throw it out. Let's just replace that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Recategorize think, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I think that's good. And I, I think that that the the main I think lesson for all of us is is to remember that I, what you said about worrying about time. There, there will be time if you make yourself sit down and, and figure out what block of time you're going to allow for what. Because sometimes you really do need to do that. Some of us really do overschedule. Some of us really do overcommit. And at some point, you really have to make yourself step back and come up with a plan and a solution. And CJ mentioned one of my favorite methods of taking care of those things, and that is prioritizing. Sitting down, writing a list of what you need to do. I know this sounds very trite, and yeah, everybody talks about that. But it works. If you sit down and when when your brain gets cluttered and you feel a little bit overwhelmed, if you make yourself sit down just with a pencil and paper um, and an old-fashioned pencil and paper and write that list and say, number one, this is what I'm going to do. Um, again, I'm going to say this often on the radio. If you are worrying about something that you need to do the next day, write it down. Write it on that piece of paper. Leave it on that piece of paper. And then tell yourself you'll come back to it in the morning when you wake up because it's there on that piece of paper letting you know that that's priority one. If you start practicing that, I promise it will lessen the number of hours of wasted worry that you have. And it will ultimately save you from the destructive stress and ultimately chronic anxiety. I do think that we too often try to 
run, and I'm not saying therapists are great. You know, this mental health is my business. Um, There are times if you feel like you can't push that anxiety back and it's overwhelming you and you're paralyzed, you need to seek help with a counselor. There are multiple places you can go. The very first thing you need to do is seek help with a counselor. The next thing, if if you're still overwhelmed, then maybe medication. But I think too many times we forget to use the simple ways to help our worry, then our stress and our anxiety. Um, we move too quickly to medicine. So try to use some of these very, very simple techniques, and it'll make your life better. So I want to thank everybody for listening and being with us on the show. Thanks for our callers, but thanks for our listeners, too. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, and funding is provided in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and support from listeners like you. If you'd like to hear the show again or any past episodes, you can listen to the podcast on your favorite app by searching Southern Remedy Relatively Speaking. This production, this show is a production of MPB Think Radio. Jay White is the engineer and producer. And our call screener today was um, Kevin um, and Luke. Um, which was fun. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking right here on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.